0: The Orlando Magic are figuring things out. There's no doubt about it. There's no getting around it. This team is winning more consistently. And Wednesday's game is a perfect example of it. Let's get to it. Let's talk about it. It's time for Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 26, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at RR underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, not that one. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic defeat the Indiana Pacers 126 to 120 in what was honestly a game that was... Equal parts really good and frustrating, but at the end of the day, the Magic got the job done, and and, and that's the ultimate lesson. We'll get into how the Magic are learning how to win more consistently and and what that means for this team moving forward. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast coming every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. The Orlando Magic raced out to an 11-0 lead. They led by 17 at one point in the first quarter. They scored 46 points in the first quarter of their game against the Indiana Pacers. In doing so, they played exactly how this team needs to play when they are at their best. Disruptive and energetic defensively. Using that defense to generate their offense and get out in transition. Just moving the ball with poise and confidence. Catching the Pacers on their heels. Getting them backtracking. Getting to the foul line. Just all all these things that this team does so, so well when they are at their best. And they built a fairly big lead because of it. But as is often the case in the NBA, the Pacers started to reel the magic back. Their defense got tighter. They started getting to the foul line themselves. They took the magic out of rhythm. And by the end of the second quarter, or by the midway point of the second quarter, or, or, um, this had become a game. That 17-point lead chopped in half, down to eight, six, five, you know, points. Orlando had to keep Indiana at arm's length. It's 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 never good to lose a 17-point lead. It happens very often in the NBA, as Steve Clifford would always say that no double-digit lead is safe. Um, it, it happens in the NBA. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to be upset over. But a team that is giving up a lead has to find a way to grind it out. And I noted this toward the fourth quarter when when Indiana was starting to cut into the lead once again after Orlando extended it back out to 15 earlier in the quarter. This game had shades of last year's loss to the Pacers in overtime when Indiana erased a late deficit to force overtime and eventually win the game. That direct comparison honestly means something. So a lot of those Pacers players, a lot of those Magic players were involved in that game last year, last February. Uh, uh, the second game after Markel Fultz came back. A lot, a lot of the same players were involved in both games. And a lot of the same things kind of happened. But unlike that game, it never felt like Orlando lost control. It might, They might be losing their grip. That lead might be getting a little tighter. But it never felt like Orlando lost control. And to me, as frustrating as it might be to have this game be less comfortable than it should have been or could have been if the Magic had just continued to play the way that they were playing or made the proper adjustments or, or, or been better about fouling, you know, this team made a lot of mistakes. To me, it is far more instructive and encouraging to say that despite all that, the Magic still won. The Magic never trailed in this game. Yeah, Indiana cut it to two at one point, but then Orlando extended the lead back out and eventually won fairly comfortably. They covered the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover the spread. Magic covered the spread. This was a mature game. And that word is really important because not only is this team... Exceedingly young. But it's a team that does not have a lot of winning experience. It's a team that doesn't know how to win consistently or hasn't shown that it can win consistently. The Magic did that and more. The Magic were able to hold off Indiana, to keep Indiana from taking the lead. Because if Indiana took the lead in this one, if the Magic did give up that lead... I am not sure Orlando would get it back. That's how these games go. You give a team enough confidence, they're going to take it and run. That's what happened last February against the Pacers. But this Magic team is made up differently. And I think we can say this fairly confidently. You know, again, 19 wins at this point of the season. We're not writing home or, or throwing a parade down Orange Avenue quite yet. But this team is different. This team doesn't feel like last year where we took moral victories and felt pretty good about them. This team has a gutsiness, has a maturity, has a know-how that last year's team didn't. It, frankly, it, I think Gary Harris even mentioned this, it has a confidence about the way they're playing and what they're doing. They've tasted a little bit of winning. That win streak and winning 8 of 9 back in December, we're probably going to look back at that. you know, Whether this team makes a postseason push, and, and again, Wendell Carter again mentioned it, their focus is to make the playoffs. They want to be in the postseason this year. Um, I'm not here to tell them no. Uh, but we may well look back at that win streak Next year, when this team is a playoff team. This year, if they do end up making a late run, we may look at that win streak as a real turning point because everything has changed since that win streak. Orlando is 14 and 13 since Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony returned. They're obviously on that seven-game, on on that what, nine-game losing streak, it feels like forever ago, because this team is completely different. They're on that nine-game losing streak when that happened. And really, the Magic haven't quite looked back. Um, you know, again, they're—I they're think what 14 and nine, 13 and nine uh, since December 7th now. Seventh best record in the, in the league since that since that date. Um, this Magic team is different. It's made up differently. And this was a game with the hot start that they got off to. With the way the pacers kept creeping back into the game, and the magic pushed them away, they kept coming back, magic pushed them away again. That is a really mature way to win. Um it's really mature. You know, you, winning when you don't have your absolute best stuff, or or having your absolute best stuff and then losing that feeling and still winning, and again, winning. Fairly comfortably. Like, yeah, Indiana made them sweat a little bit. They got down to two uh, once. They got down to three once. They got down to five a few times. But the Magic, every time, had an answer. Every single time the Pacers cut into the lead, the Magic had an answer. And that is at the heart of why this game was important. Because the Magic are starting to find these answers more and more. Winning isn't just a rare thing or a moment of excellence or a moment to show us that, hey, everything's working. Winning is quickly becoming a habit. Winning is quickly becoming something this team does regularly. Something that this team can say, hey, we got to get a win tonight. And they go out there and get a win. They execute and get a win. How are they doing it? Well, we'll say how they did it Wednesday, but they're passing in their defense. We're going to dive a bit deeper into that as the Magic continue to improve and get better. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. That's two things, fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Of course, Paolo Bancaro is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, as he always is. Orlando entered this game against the Pacers. Five-and-a-half-point favorites, six-point win. That covers the spread, as I said. Good teams win. Great teams cover the spread. The Magic have actually been a really good bet this year, I believe. Uh, they do have a winning record against the spread this year. So again, good teams win, great teams cover the spread. Remember that. All, it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. So, basketball fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So, how did the Orlando Magic win this game? What stood out and made this a special game? Well, first off, it was a 46-point first quarter. is ridiculously good. Um, Magic, do have a 50-point quarter in their back pocket, but a 46-point quarter shows a lot of what they're capable of doing, and they played about as perfectly as you could play in that first quarter. On top of that, though, it's not just about that. Um, it, it's not just about that. It's the Magic had a 131.3 offensive rating, according to NBA.com. That is their second-best offensive rating of the season, you can guess which game that trails, the win over the Atlanta Hawks when they scored 50 points in the first quarter. Um, remember, even in that game, that lead got down to 12 after the Magic had a 30-point lead. Everybody makes a run in the NBA. It's not unusual. Um, but this, the numbers say, show all that and show how good the Magic were. And again, that was such a big factor. Every time Orlando needed a shot, they got it. Um, when they were a little too loose with their offense and they let the Pacers back in the game... They buckled up, buckled down defensively, they buckled up up offensively, and they got points. They built their lead in the first quarter because their defense was absolutely stifling. They got deflections, they got steals, their rotations were great. They were just all over the Pacers, and the Pacers were not ready to play. They were not ready to play from the tip. They got ready to play eventually, but they were not ready to play, and they got run out. They got beat up pretty bad. Um, throughout the early part of the game. The Magic had that response. They had that push. They had that force. It was a really fantastic effort from Orlando early on, especially. But that's not it. That's not all of it. Because the Magic's offense is usually not this good. Yeah, the Magic's defense has had its ups and downs, but essentially since December 7th, they're dead center of the league, about a hundred, you know. The 108 points allowed per one possessions, I believe. They're a little. I think they're top ten since December seventh. Um, the defense was really good and sparked everything. But the Magic don't get where they go without the unselfishness that they played with. And honestly, that unselfishness was seen on the defensive end, where everybody was scrambling and helping each other. E- even when the Pacers were scoring, I thought Orlando's defense was really locked into this game. Um, turnovers hit them hard, hit them really hard. There's some sloppiness. We'll get to that coming up here in a minute. Um, but overall, when the Magic were able to set up in their half court, you know, I thought their defense was really good. You know, a few guys maybe a, few, a late on some on some ro- low man rotations. Um, you know, maybe some, you know, TJ McConnell got around defenders a little bit too easily. But overall, the Magic were, exception- were, were pretty solid defensively. And that powered... Their offense. This is a fast-paced Indiana team. They want to get up and down. It powered their offense to get moving. And I think the unselfishness they showed on defense showed up on offense because the Magic had the most assists they've had all season. 34 assists in this game. And you can go watch the tape. I put a couple clips in an article on OrlandoMagicDaily.com about this. The ball was hopping around the perimeter. It was hopping from inside out. The Magic, when they were on got whatever shot they wanted. And certainly in that first quarter, they did whatever they wanted. It wasn't even about making tough, making shots. They got good shots. They made them. That's what this game was ultimately about. Um, Orlando had, I think it was a 76.9% assist rate. They had 36 assists on, four, I believe, 49 field goal makes or 48 field goal makes for the game. That is an insane number of assists. That is an insane ratio uh, on that as Orlando did such a good job getting guys open and finding finding the open man taking what the defense gave them if anything a lot of the turnover issues were players overpassing or players trying to get in the lane too much um there were a few lazy turnovers i'm not going to excuse some of those but orlando generally did a good job staying level staying composed and, and putting themselves in a great spot to get to to find each other and Get the ball moving. It was, in, in my opinion, at least, one of the more impressive offensive showings I've seen from this team all year long. They they were tied, they, they were tied together. And honestly, like it, it's a little cliche, I, I I know, but these guys really play hard for each other. Um, they are looking for each other. They are, you know, it does not matter how much Paolo scores or how much Franz scores, they care. That they win and that they're contributing to winning, um, that is, that is a te- um, that is a testament to Jabal Mosley and, and the coaching staff and and how bought in everybody is into what they're doing and and you know there's been a lot of faith without belief there's been a lot of belief uh, faith without uh, results through this whole process I, I I know I've sat here and said like hey I really like the things the Magic are running I really like the things they're doing. They're missing shots, they're not getting the results yet, but it's all there. There's some really, really interesting things that Jabal Mosley's having this group do, and it's going to help them out in the long run. Like I said, this team's starting to win more. We're starting to see all the seeds that were planted start to blossom a little bit now. Um, yes, Paolo Banquero helps a ton, and and, and his play, and, and I think we may dive into this a little bit more tomorrow, his play is just simply outstanding. Um, you know, it's not showing up in the box score. He is not averaging 30 points per game yet. Um, that may come. Uh, but the passes and the plays and the way he reads defenses are just so far advanced for what a rookie should be able to do. I mean, Gary Harris and Wendell Carter spoke to the media after the game. They were essentially speechless uh, when asked to describe some of the plays that Paolo's making. And honestly that's the greatest sign of respect that you can give a player is when your veterans don't quite know how to describe what they're seeing or uh, that 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 you know they're 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 shaking their heads you know saying like hey he's just scratching the surface like he's just really really good and he wants to be for the team so much that it's it you know we have to kind of push him to be more aggressive like those are good things uh, for this group but Everybody had a hand in this one. Whether it's Gary Harris making six threes, whether it's Jonathan Isaac hitting a, hitting a three in the third quarter, whether it was Cole Anthony's drive, whether it's Vaughn's drives, whether it's Paolo's drives, whether it's Wendell's screening and, and high post play, everybody had a hand, and, and really everybody touched the ball pretty consistently throughout the game. I mean, it, it was it, it was just stunning to watch, um, and it's just. It's a hard thing to kind of like pinpoint and, and point at and say like like this is this is a big deal. This is a big thing because you, you really have to watch watch this game and watch how this team played to appreciate the level of offense that they showed. At the end of the day, this is what the magic want to be. This game, the good parts defensively at least. There are some bad parts. Um, the good parts defensively and the way the ball moved. This is Orlando Magic Basketball. And they and they've really done a good job establishing this brand. They've done a really good job establishing themselves more and more to the point where they're able to have these kinds of games. Now, some outlier stats here. The Magic shot ridiculously well. Indiana did not defend particularly well, I think, overall. Um Orlando got the shots they wanted. A lot of their turnovers were them trying to force action into the paint, but You know, Indiana tightened their defense. I don't want to to give them no credit. They deserve credit for that. But um, this Magic team played exactly how they want to play. And the results obviously came out the way they did. We'll chat a little bit about the box score, go through the final box score, talk a little bit about performances.
1: We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's run through that final box score as the Orlando Magic defeat the Indiana Pacers 126 to 120 again. Orlando scores 46 points in the first quarter. Uh, second highest scoring quarter obviously of the season after the 50 point quarter against the Hawks. Um, There's a lot of really good games. Most of it coming from the starters. Um, the bench had its struggles, still did some good things. We'll get to those coming up here in a minute. Um, the Magic are led in scoring by Paolo Bancaro. 23 points, 6 for 14, shooting 2 for 6 from deep, 9 for 10 from the foul line, 4 assists. Uh, for him, four turnovers as well. But uh, you know, Paolo, Paolo is seeing defenses that a rookie should not be seeing. Um, you know, maybe or it's uh, they're defenses that rookies do not succeed against. Uh, excuse me. And and Paolo um, struggled a little bit with a shot. Uh, you know, kind of. I think he settled sometimes on the perimeter a little too much. Um, his finishing wasn't wasn't perfect, but. Paolo still got where he wanted. And again, like, I, I, I'm going to write a post on this. I'm going to break down some video on OrlandoMagicDaily.com on this. Um, Paulo is beating double teams with ease. Um, like, he's seeing the defense, he's reading the defense, and he is making good plays. Um, the, the play that still sticks out to me is the one against New Orleans where he whipped it to Gary Harris for three. He had at, at least one of those in this game. Where he got a double team and skipped past it to the corner to Gary Harris for three. Um, you know the Magic can maybe start running hammer screens for him to get to that corner and just be wide, wide open if teams are going to throw double teams at him the way they are. Um, Paulo Paulo is running the ball, r- running the floor really well. Um, he had a couple really good defensive plays. Like there are a few plays where he's a little late on his rotation, but honestly, like there's a play where he was late sliding over to stop dribble penetration in the paint. The very next play. He gets a block. It was called a foul. It was not. Uh, it was probably wasn't. But it was a great block, great play. He had a play where he deflected deflected a pass, tipped it out to himself over the mid court line like a soccer player nutmegging a, a, a defender, and then threw it up to you know tipped it over to Franz, and then Franz passed it back to him for an alley. Just, just some incredible, incredible plays from Paolo. I like all the concerns a lot of people have for him. He only had three. Uh, he, he had three rebounds in this game. So, again, rebounding still a little bit of a thing with him, but um, I have very few concerns about Paolo filling out his weaknesses. He's gonna... He's he's really good right now, and he's gonna just keep getting better. Franz Wagner, the other half of that duo, 13 points, 5 for 11 shooting, three rebounds, seven assists. Um, Franz missed some, some bunnies around the basket, some of the layups that he likes to shoot around the basket, um, but... Just so active everywhere else. Um, you know, in a game like this, Franz was plus 12, the highest plus minus of any player on the team. That's a consistent theme with Franz. He makes a lot of things work. Um, he works really well with that starting group. I don't think he works as well as the lead for that bench group. Um, and, and so that, that, that may be a place where he can still get better. But Franz was so good at finding his teammates. Um, you know, he, he was passing the ball so well. Getting it getting to getting into open shooters, found Gary Harris a few times, especially in transition. Just such a smart player. Uh, you know. Again, I think for a low-scoring game for Franz, this was a very standard game, and, and, and he played very, very well. Uh, Gary Harris was the star of the night. 22 points, 8-for-9 shooting, 6-for-6 six six from beyond the arc. Just hunting out his three-point shot, getting the ball within the flow of the offense, and burying it. Um, Gary Harris has been on a tear. I don't know if anyone knows that, or I'm sure every Magic fan knows that. He has been on a tear offensively. If you're looking for the reason why the Magic starting lineup, the starting five of Wagner, Boncaro, Carter Jr., Harris, and Fultz, why they're the top rated offense, uh, top rated team by net rating in the league, it's because of the defense Gary Harris provides. He did a great job on Buddy Heald. I thought early on in the game, uh, Buddy Heald did get going later. Later, uh, I thought he did a great job defensively. Uh, and then he just he's burying threes at a very very high rate. Just a just a game of excellent shot making from Gary Harris. He did the job tonight, and just just a fantastic play from him. Wendell Carter, eighteen points, seven for ten shooting, eight, uh, 10 rebounds. Excuse me. Did have five fouls, struggled with with foul trouble, five turnovers as well. Um, I thought Wendell especially did a good job on Miles Turner. Miles Turner, seven for 16, 22 points, thirteen rebounds. Generally, again, thought I did a very very good job on him. Limited his three point shooting a little bit. He did shoot three for six, um, but just just made made him work really hard. Um, uh, and Carter was very good at gobbling up rebounds. There's maybe one or two possessions where he didn't get the offensive rebound, but he was gobbling up rebounds, really doing a good job patrolling the paint. Um, Wendell Carter is so key to the Magic's defensive schemes because they switch so much. Carter's ability to get out on the perimeter and defend in space, that's a really fortunate thing to have from a center. Um, you know, again, maybe not the great rib protector or paint protector that you'd like to see overall, but Carter carter is just a very smart player. And for this group, makes a lot of things work really, really well, especially on the defensive end. Markel Fultz rounds out the, the double digit scores. 13 points, 5 for 8 shooting, 8 assists. Really solid game. He, he game-managed really well. His defense was really good um, you know, for the most part. He got beat a few few times by TJ McConnell. But um, overall, got to his spots. Really did a good job orchestrating and running this offense. Uh, you know, I think he does a really good job pushing the pace, especially uh, after makes. Um, getting the team up the court quicker. And transition. He is so smart at getting that outlet pass out as far as he can. There's one play in the first quarter, and I really noted this because it's, a, it's this is the big difference with the Magic right now. Wendell Carter got a rebound, didn't look up the court. He tried to he just passed it kind of quickly to Markel Fultz. Fultz was already looking up the court, made the pass that Wendell should have made. Fultz, upon catching the ball, immediately passed it to Franz Wagner beyond half court, getting that far outlet pass. That's how you start fast breaks. The Magic got a fast break out of that play. They were able to save that possession. Um, it was very early in the game, so uh, just a, a really, really solid, solid job there for, from, from Fultz. And again, I think that's what we see generally from Fultz um, throughout. The Magic off the bench got eight points from Jalen Suggs, three for six from the floor, two for three from beyond the arc. Great defense, as always, from Jalen Suggs. Added two assists, including a big one to end the third quarter when he threw a touchdown pass to Franz Wagner for a layup. Um, Suggs hitting those two threes was absolutely huge early in the first quarter. That's kind of the difference between uh, a 10-point lead and a 15-point lead. Um, he was very confident with the shot. I, again, I don't think he's going crazy. I don't think he is overplaying things. I think, if anything, he is playing a little too conservatively. But I kind of like that for him. I like him picking his spots better. I think he's done a much better job with that since returning from injury. Um, Cole Anthony with 8 points, 4 for 9 shooting. Five assists, forced his game a little bit more this game than he's done in previous games, but he's not settling on the perimeter as anymore. Again, 0-2, but both of them were feet set, open threes, off reversals, and, and kickouts. Those are the shots you want him taking. I can You can move with those. Otherwise, he's doing a good job finishing, getting to the basket, getting downhill. He knows he can have success there. He's not settling anymore. We're getting good Cole Anthony games right now. You might quibble a little bit with the defense, but we're getting good Cole Anthony games right now. He's playing very, very, very well. Um, the last guy to note, Jonathan Isaac, second game back, five points, two for four shooting one for two from beyond the arc. Again, the goal, uh, two steals uh, as well, plus two assists. The goal for him was to play again. Um, you know, you're not looking to expand things too much. You're not looking too hard at the numbers, but again, Isaac made a positive contribution in this game. His defense is still just absolutely otherworldly. He locked up, uh, uh, ben Matherin, he locked up Buddy Heald on a few on a few possessions. Third quarter, his third quarter sin especially, he was really active, challenging shots in the paint, making you know being a presence down there that team that the Pacers did not want to deal with. Gobbled up a few rebounds as uh, he only had one rebound, so I guess not a few rebounds. But he I thought he I thought he fought really well on the boards. The physicality is not the issue. His defensive instincts and reflexes are not the issue. His issue is still about stamina, getting his legs under him. He airballed a three pointer. Made one in the second half, but he airballed one in the first. Still about kind of building up his wind and conditioning. He's still not able to go super long on the court. But look, Isaac's still making a really positive impact, which is so much more than what I think we could have hoped for this early on in things. The Magic shoot 56.1% floor. 15 for 28 from beyond the arc. 19 for 25 from the foul. line. still left a few points on the board there. Um, overall, Orlando just did so many things that they have to do. Again, free throws were solid with 25 free throw attempts. It's kind of stuck on 10 for a long time, though. Um, 27 second chance points, 56 points in the paint, 11 fast break points. Again, usually all things that would add up to a Magic victory. The Pacers are led in scoring by rookie Ben Matherin, 26 points, 7 for 18 shooting, 2 for 6 from deep, 10 for 12 from the foul line. He, along with Chris Duarte, did a really good job forcing their way to the foul line. The Magic struggled with two things in this game turnovers. They had 18 for 28 Indiana points. And free throws, giving up 29 free throw attempts. They had 22 fouls in the game. Indiana also had 20, so it wasn't like they were so dis- so much so much of a disparity that Indiana was able to get to the line. That disrupted the good flow that the Magic had in this game, the confidence and the aggression that they were ha- that they that they played with in the first quarter, uh, and it gave Indiana free points. Um, so. The Magic have to continue to be better about not fouling. They need to be better on the offensive glass. Gave up a few big offensive rebounds as well, including possession where I think they gave up three offensive rebounds in one possession. Um, But overall, again, Orlando's scoring was able to keep them them afloat, was able to keep them out of it. The Magic got two big 24-second shot clock violations early in the fourth quarter. That helped them extend the lead back out to 15 and kind of put this game away. So the defense is still what's got a lead for this team. But overall, they did a very, very good job in this one. The Orlando Magic defeat the Indiana Pacers 126 to 120. Orlando back in action Friday in Miami against the Miami Heat. Uh, we'll have coverage of that game on Saturday's episode. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, if you're tuned in Himboy Google Play Spotify, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. For the latest. For later on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com You can follow us there on Twitter, at Daily. Now that you're done listening to us, go make your second listen to Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do for me today, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is been Phil Frost Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.